As we begin this time of prayer, we turn to our Lord, um, particularly with all the changes, um, but as we continue to walk along this Via Crucis, this, this way of the cross, we, um, we just stay close to our Lord. And when we started out, who knew where, where this would end up? I mean, we know ultimately the Via Crucis leads to Calvary, leads to the tomb, and leads eventually to the resurrection. And so as we are walking along this Via Crucis, this way of the cross, every step along the way is a little bit different. And how much have we experienced that in these past weeks? And as we turn to our Lord, Lord, we ask you to, um, to walk with us, uh, to continue to, to walk with us and to form us, to help us carry the cross uh, with you out of love for you so that we can, uh, through the cross, give our entire lives uh, with you and to you and then share as well in your glory. The seventh stop along the way of the cross is that Jesus falls the second time. And our Lord's uh, second fall is that, same as Amiria says, infirmity of body and bitterness of soul have caused Jesus to fall again. All the sins of men, mine too, weigh down on his sacred humanity. Our Lord uh, is exhausted. And I think we said that at the last meditation as well. He's all, he was already exhausted then. Our Lord is, is exhausted. And um, here again, he, he stumbles and he falls. He's weary. Um, and maybe, maybe, we're, um, maybe we, we have a certain weariness right now. Maybe we are, are tired. Um, but particularly with the, with the current situation, um, maybe we're, we're already sick of this. And we're, we're ready uh, for this to be over and done and for life to, to get back to normal. Maybe we're already exhausted with this whole thing. Um, and that we are... Um, we share in that in that tiredness and that weariness of the Lord. It's important that we we stay close to to our Lord and all that. Lord, we know that you're you're with us through this time, um, and it, it's not just the physical weariness of, of a different way of life, of spending more time in the house, of not being able to go out to those normal social things that that lift us up. Um, but rather, um, maybe there's also the, the psychological and the emotional weariness of, of um, being around the same people. Uh, maybe as well, wondering like who's sick and who's not, right? Yo, you coughed, you sneezed, it's allergy season. Um, but no, you're probably sick. You know, that there's a certain suspicion that's creeping in that's not normal for social life. And we may be very weary of of that, of the suspicion of the and our own self-suspicion again if people have seasonal allergies like i got a scratchy throat do i need am i sick or you know i have i have asthma um do i need to talk to my doctor what's all these things it's just wondering my forehead feels a little warm i don't know check my temperature but maybe the thermometer is broken there's a weariness that that can creep in and maybe like our lord we're falling we can't um we, we can't do this alone um but here, we need to stay close to our Lord. We need to stay close to you, Lord. We need to let you uh, teach us 
how to bear the cross uh, with patience and perseverance. Um, if we stay close to our Lord, even in the falls, even in the stumbles, if we, if we stay close to our Lord uh, in, these, in these difficulties, well, Lord, you, you teach us how to, how to bear them well, how to bear them um, with patience and with perseverance. I really believe this, um, this time, this extended period of time, how long is this going to go? A week, two weeks, no, probably a month, two months, okay, if we're lucky. This extended period of time can teach us those virtues, patience, perseverance, that it's not about just, okay, the novelty has, has worn off, um, but okay, um, oh well, that now we are um, able to be with our Lord. We're able to, um, to allow him to teach us these virtues, the virtue of fortitude. We need to ask our Lord for that, that virtue of fortitude to, to stay close to him and to, to bear this uh, for the long term. And, and he teaches us this. Uh, our Lord says, um, come to me, all you who are um, weary and heavy burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. Uh, the priest um, prays every day when putting on the chasuble for the Mass, Domini Criticis de Ujimem Suaves et Onus Mes Leve. Lord, who said that my, um, my yoke is easy and my burden light. Um, um, grant that I may bear this burden in such a way as to uh, merit your grace, right? And so that's what we should be praying, that we bear this burden in such a way, this yoke of the Lord. Um, maybe if we watch a live-streamed mass or if we just see a picture of a priest um, in a chasuble, we consider that's, that's the burden, that's the yoke of the Lord. It's the yoke of charity, of love of God. And so as we carry this burden, um, we ask our Lord to give us the grace to, to carry it to carry it well. And in particular, that, that image of the yoking is, um, is particularly apt for, uh, for oxen. Oxen were, were yoked together, right? And so anyway, we don't have a farming culture here in Connecticut in the same way, you don't see a lot of oxen running around. Uh, so we don't get it, but the, this idea of the yoke of oxen, right? And it's the, the harness that was put upon the oxen uh, as they would do the plowing. And it, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Well, what would happen is when oxen were being yoked together, what would happen is a, an older, more experienced ox who knew how to carry the burden, who knew how to persevere with the, with the task, would be yoked to a, a younger, less experienced, kind of not that disciplined ox. Uh, and the, thought, uh, the, the wisdom of this is that the younger learns from the older what to do, how to do this. So when our Lord says, take my yoke upon you, it's not like, okay, here you go, it's yours, take it all by yourself. No, no, no. Rather, we're being yoked with our Lord. We're being uh, tied to him in this way. And so we definitely uh, ask him to, to teach us that we're, we're walking side by side with our Lord, even when we stumble and when we fall. We're walking side by side with our Lord and he's, 
He's teaching us, particularly in this time, teaching us patience, perseverance, fortitude. He's teaching us these different virtues. Uh, and we need to stay closely yoked with him and trying to go off and do our own thing. No, right there, walk with our Lord. Every step of the way, we just need to walk point by point uh, with our Lord. And we let him give us the strength that even when we fall, we, we get back up again. St. Josemaria, in a point of meditation upon this station, says, You are discouraged. Why? Is it your sins and miseries? Is it your defa- defeats in time at times coming one after another? A really big fall which you didn't expect? Be simple. Open your heart. Look, as yet nothing has been lost. You can still go forward and with more love, with more affection, with more strength, take refuge in your divine filiation. God is your most loving Father, and this lies your security. A haven where you can drop anchor no matter what is happening on the surface of the sea of life, and you will find joy, strength, optimism, victory. We can't allow ourselves to become discouraged in this time. Even if we, we fall along the way every day, every day we're trying, we're trying, but we fail and we fail. We don't become discouraged. You know, discouragement isn't practical, right? There's just something about, it's just, just it's not practical. Think about like in, an athlete, a quarterback, goes out, throws an interception. Well, now I'm discouraged. I can't do it. It's not, get, get your head back in the game. Like, okay, fine, we'll get it back, right? Um, but to be, oh, I'm so terrible, I can't do it. No, just bench me, coach. Like, no, none of that. Rather, just come on, let's go. Let's get back in the game. To get, our, to get discouraged and down about ourselves, it's just not practical. Um, but we can't take root just in our own success. No, no, no. What does St. Jose Maria say? Take refuge in your divine filiation. We are sons and daughters of the Father. God is our Father. I'm a son of the Father. Regardless of what's going on in the world, regardless of what struggles and difficulties and falls I may have, I'm a son of the Father. God looks at me, he calls me his beloved son. Um, That's... Man, no matter stuck inside or stuck wherever, quarantine, that's the source of all joy. That's it, a safe anchor that he says we can drop no matter what's happening on the surface of life. No matter where we are, God's my father. He loves me. Okay, now we can approach with joy, strength, with optimism. Not superficial. Not like, oh, let me try it. I'm just going to put on a fake smile. No, no, no. No, God's my father. He loves me. What else matters? Here I am. I'm called to be a son of God right here. There's supposed to be a church full of people for this preached meditation. But here we are in the chapel. Like, okay, doesn't matter. God's my father. He's, a, he's the only one I'm ever playing for, right? He's the only one who matters. Just playing for, for my heavenly father. Out of love for him. He's the one for whom we do, do everything. He loves us. Gives us joy, strength, and optimism. We need to take refuge in that. Uh, And then no matter how many times we fall, we don't give in to discouragement. We don't give in to sadness. There's no room for sadness. Rather, um, we always turn back to the Heavenly Father.
Um, in every circumstance we carry, carry our environment within us. And we are able to, to sanctify and be holy, be joyful, no matter what um, circumstances may arise. The eighth stop along the Via Crucis is that Jesus consoles the women of Jerusalem that as our Lord was walking around, uh, walking along um, the path, the, the women um, meet him and they, they lament, they're, they're wailing, they're, they're crying um, because he is being put to death. Um, and he, he consoles them. And there followed him a great multitude of people and of women who bewailed and lamented him. But he turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. Our, our, Lord, our Lord consoles, don't weep for me. You, you know, uh, I just, in, in considering this, our Lord consoles them. And that just seems so backwards, right? He's, he's the one who's going to die. And you think that they'd be consoling him, uh, that they'd be there to, to comfort him. But they're weeping and wailing. They're overcome with sadness. And he consoles them. Our Lord, on the way to his death, shows this charity, this, this real care. Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but rather for your children. He turns it to a more supernatural motive. We'll get to that uh, in a second. But that we shouldn't be afraid. If, we, if we're feeling emotional, if we're um, upset, if we're frightened, if we're anxious, we, we should bring that to our Lord who will console us too. We shouldn't um, we don't have to put on a nice prayer face. No, like, Lord, you, you console us. You love us and you want, you want us to be honest with you in our prayer. So you can turn it where it's supposed to. You can turn that anxiety where it's supposed to be directed. You can turn um, the only thing to fear is sin. We, shouldn't, we don't want to sin. Um, no, it's Lord, you, you, you can, if we're honest with you, I'm afraid, I'm upset, I'm crying, I'm anxious. Lord, we give, we give that all to you. We need to bring you honesty. What's really, what's really going on in our lives? What's really going on in our hearts? And then you, you wish to channel it. St. Jose Maria in his um, meditation says that he wishes to, our Lord wishes to channel their weeping toward a more supernatural motive. Uh, there was a priest who would say it's like spiritual jujitsu, right? That uh, you take the weight of whatever's coming and then turn it right on itself. Um, and so our Lord takes all that emotion and all that, um, everything that, that we're bring to him and he turns it to a more supernatural, um, vision that we, we got to then look at this supernaturally. And how do we look at something supernaturally, uh, with like the, the coronavirus and everything that's going on? Uh, the whole world is basically shut down. And it's going to only get worse and more restricted over the coming uh, days and weeks, I'm sure. Um, but shut down because of a little virus 
that makes people sick and um, from which people, there's a, there's a real threat of death. But a more supernatural motive. How much more contagious is sin? Sin is a virus which has been spreading throughout the entire world and all of humanity. And it just spreads and spreads and spreads. And one sin leads to another, leads to another in ourselves. And how much more deadly? Because the virus of sin doesn't just kill us in this life. Sin causes eternal death. And so we, as we're rightly afraid of the coronavirus, the only thing to fear is sin. So all the more so, all the anxiety that we feel about this, and we should take proper health precautions and everything. But man, this should really teach us what our attitude to, should be towards sin, to avoid it, to not, to not put ourselves in that occasion of sin, um, that we really need to be, be conscious of not spreading the virus of sin, that we can't lead others into sin. And then, you know, we're, we're seeing, you know, looking at this with supernatural eyes and seeing how much more concerned we should be about the sickness of sin, the, the civil authorities for public health have said, okay, so, you know, no more going out to restaurants, going out to eat, closing barbershops and nail salons, closing, uh, stay indoors, don't do that, don't do that. Okay. And okay, like we may not like it, but for the most part, people are, are obeying. And if you just see the commentary, there's, you know, we're overreacting, but most, a lot of people are, no, we're not. We're taking the right precautions. The president's on TV almost every day, taking the right precautions. Do this. Don't do that. Decisive leadership, and it's being applauded for the most part. Um, bipartisan uh, applauding for whoever, whatever political party, it doesn't matter at this point. Leadership. We need people to be safe. But when our spiritual authorities tell us how to take precautions against sinning, we rebel. Don't tell me what to do. Father, you can't tell me what to do. No way. Like today, it's a Friday in Lent, right? So as a penance um, to, to strengthen our temperance, uh, but also to offer something to the Lord. You don't eat meat on Fridays and that. Don't tell me what I can't eat, right? Now, who are you? Who's the church to tell me that? Who's the church to tell me I can't do that? I'll do whatever I want. I'll do whatever makes me feel good in any circumstance. Who are you to tell me I can't do that? When our spiritual authorities try to tell us what we should do to not sin or to tell us um, you are sinning and maybe now um, you're, not, you're not a full part of this community right now because you're carrying sin um, and you're spreading it to people through false teaching and you can't, you can't teach this here. It's, it's leading other people to sickness, to spiritual sickness. Well, we rebel against that. Heaven forbid that, that a spiritual father or spiritual authority try to stop us from sinning, we would fight them tooth and nail. Well, um, we can use this time to see how quickly we listen to earthly authorities, that we should have the same docility, and the same openness for our spiritual authorities who lead us away from the virus of sin. And so we really need to, with a supernatural motive, um, applying this worry, anxiety, um, to a more supernatural motive, um, really trying to care for our souls. Our Lord then tells the women, do not weep for me, but for your children. 
And I really believe um, that, and this is going to be in um, a piece that I wrote for the Catholic Transcript next month, but I really see as well this time of um, a lack of public mass and we're, we're being given an opportunity here to, um, to kind of wake up that I've compared this time to uh, like the visit from the ghost of Christmas future uh, in Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol that uh, Scrooge sees what, what happens if he doesn't change. And in my role as vocation director for the Archdiocese of Hartford, uh, I really see um, what happens if we are, we are on a, a downward spiral with regard to having sufficient priests to provide for uh, the spiritual needs of our people. And there's still a culture of discouraging priestly vocation. Someone else's son, someone else's brother, someone else's friend has to become a priest, not mine, right? That we discourage priestly vocations well. If we don't change our ways, like Scrooge had to, then what we're living through right now could very well be a reality for the next generation, for our children. Um, that you can't go to Mass on a Sunday. You can't go to Stations of the Cross on a Friday night. You can't easily go to confession, uh, that our churches are closed and locked. Um, not to be alarmist about it all, but that there's a reality that our Lord maybe is giving us in a Christmas carol the visits of the spirits were seen as a gift to Scrooge. This chance to change now, before, so this doesn't happen. And so we need to change now, before this happens. Uh, young men who are maybe on the fence about whether God is calling them or not need to, now, this, this can't be reality forever. No, no, we need to um, be open to the call of the Lord and each of us in whatever way as well. You know, beyond just the priestly vocation, we need to take our love for the Mass more seriously. Maybe we've taken it for granted being able to go to Mass. Okay. Well, in this time then, you know, Jesus consoles the women, but yeah, weep for your children. Um, that this is, you know, what, what could happen coming up in the future. And so we really need to... Um, Ask our Lord that this current time does not become reality, uh, the long-term reality, that this current time is, is a blip, um, but a wake-up call. It's a dream. Um, and that seeing what this looks like, we've got to resolve that we're, we're never, ever um, going to let, let it come to this, that we'll continue to take care of our church, that we'll continue to love the Mass. That after this, who can take for advantage? I don't want to go to Sunday Mass. I don't want to go to daily Mass. It's too early. I don't want to get up. Like, well, now we have, we're not able to. So um, maybe this can be a good wake-up call for us to love, fall back in love with the Mass, to really to take it seriously. And then a final point in his, um, in his Way of the Cross meditation, St. Jose Maria says, concludes... Um, the desolate panorama of the countless crimes and iniquities with which we would have committed if he, Jesus, had not strengthened us with the light of his most loving glance. How little a life is for making atonement. How little a life is for making atonement. How We have so little time on earth, relatively, to atone um, for, for sin, for the virus of sin, to take our part in the war 
against the unseen enemy, not of coronavirus, but of sin, and how little a life is, how, how little time we have to make that atonement, to strive to be the greatest saints we possibly can. The devil said to St. John Vianney, if there were three of you, he couldn't exist in all of France, right? Um, how little, how, how um, John Vianney gave every minute of every day to hearing confessions, to praying, to really being totally dedicated. So how little our life is, what can we, what can we do? We only have so much time, so let's give it all to the Lord. We can do so much if we give it all to the Lord. Give ourselves entirely to the Lord. Give him every minute of every day, not a single minute wasted. And not a single minute, even the time we take for rest, we take for intentional rest. Not just wasting time until the next thing, wasting time. Let's see how much Netflix, I just saw something that they like asking Netflix to to tone down the amount of streaming they're allowing because it may crash the internet with all these people at home. Like, we should be praying more. We should be reading more. We should be really turning to our Lord a lot more. Um, I was just praying about this yesterday. It's um, doing all these things. It could, it could be pretty tiring. Um, but I, just yesterday I had the thought, you know, I, I don't I don't intend to die well-rested, right? Like, that's not how little a life is for making atonement. I don't intend at the end of my life, like, what did he say about Father Casey when he died? Man, he was well-rested. Like, there was, there was a guy who was totally rested. And no, like, let's give ourselves overflowingly to the Lord. Um, let's give ourselves entirely to him. Every minute of every day. How little a life is for making atonement. We've only got so much. Every, every second of every minute of every day is a precious gift from the Lord to give back to him in love and atonement for all the atrocities of the virus of sin. We've got to give everything we have. Jesus consoles the women, points, takes, takes their legitimate anxiety, which they bring to him. And with his total generosity, going to die himself, he takes this time to console them. And he turns their anxieties to the more supernatural motive. And so we ask our Lord today to give us that supernatural look at this whole situation to give us the um, desire, the, the fire in our heart to give him everything, the resolve to do that. A model for giving everything entirely to the Lord every minute of every day, everything we have is Our Lady. And so we ask our mother, walking along the Via Crucis with us to teach us. She gave everything. Uh, there's some who, in praying with the story of the woman who gave, the widow, who gave the two mites in the temple, said, that, that's Mary. Like, Jesus was looking at this woman. Why? He noticed her. Why? Maybe that was his mother, who had, who was poor, but also gave everything she had. She gave her virginity and her motherhood. Um, she gave uh, love of God and love of neighbor, everything those two mites could stand for. She gave everything she had. So we ask our mother to pray for us. And to help us give everything, every drop, every minute, every last cent, give everything we can to our Lord um, so that this time can become a time of grace, a time of spiritual growth, uh, carrying the cross with our Lord Jesus.